Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. President Joe Biden's Agriculture Department is pouring billions of dollars into a farming program that's doing something unimaginable even a decade ago. It's gaining widespread support within the conservative farming industry while also being a program that aims to fight climate change. Still, though, some climate advocates aren't convinced it will actually help, and others believe it's just a giveaway to big ag. So today, Politico's Garrett Downs on why farmers have bought into Biden's green farming program in the pushback from some climate activists. It's Wednesday, August 9th. This initiative is $3 billion in incentives. And basically what it does is that $3 billion is being used as incentive money to pay these farmers to change their practices. They're changing them to practices that the USDA believes will be more climate smart in the sense that they will reduce the amount of carbon emissions that are being released in the air, which in the U.S., 10% of that comes from agriculture. They believe that some of these practices will also help sequester carbon in the ground. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people are trying out in all of these projects, and it's really vast. There's about 141 projects in total. And you're reporting that so far the agriculture industry is responding pretty positively to this program, specifically within the conservative farming industry. So why is that the case, and and how is that maybe different than a previous effort that you write about to curb emissions in agriculture. Yeah, sure. So the agriculture industry is responding really positively here. And it's for a couple of reasons. I mean, the sort of architect of this plan, he won't call himself that, but he is, is a guy named Robert Bonney. And he's the undersecretary of farm production and conservation at the USDA. He served in a very similar role under the Obama administration as well. And, you know, a lot of this hinges on study that he did at Duke University, which is that he sort of went out in the field and explored rural people and farmers and their relation with climate change and conservation, private land conservation. And what he found is that they're not so much skeptical of climate change. They'd like to be a part of that solution. But what they are very skeptical of is government mandates, which is what the U.S. has tried to do in the past with cap and trade, which the big argument against that was it would have imposed an additional tax on farmers, basically. That's sort of why they're responding well to this. Not to say that the farming industry is totally conservative or totally one way or the other, but historically they are proponents of low taxes, of low government involvement in their industry, and they've called for a hands-off, more voluntary approach, which is exactly what this is. This is a no-strings-attached carrot that the USDA is dangling in front of farmers, and a lot of them are receptive to that, saying, hey, if you're going to pay for it, I'll try this. The big farm lobbies are also really supportive of this. It's exactly what they've been calling for in terms of voluntary incentive-based programs. Interesting. 
And how is the agriculture department measuring success with this program? And it sounds like measurement is pretty tricky, right? Yeah, so this is where it gets kind of hard. Measuring carbon in agriculture is still not a perfect science. Part of that is being done in this project. So there's a line in the story that says this is a science experiment and it's a sociology experiment. So the department and Bonnie in particular told me he was looking at success in multiple ways. One of those is buy-in from the agriculture industry, which it seems like that's doing pretty well. The USDA regards this as a success. The other measure is actual results from a carbon standpoint, uh, this measuring, monitoring, and verification that these practices that are being implemented are actually making a difference to bring down the effects of climate change. That's harder to do. USDA does make the point that USDA is learning from these things. They're learning what works, and their hope is that they'll come out of this with an attractive model that is accurate, and we can push these forward. And maybe if we do, then private sector, big money, will come in. Right. And USDA, of course, still needs to convince environmental advocates that are upfront about this of the potential benefits as far as from a carbon perspective of some of these practices that this program is giving money towards. So why are environmentalists skeptical generally? You know, what are their main concerns? So this is kind of a twofold issue. The first is that the agriculture industry is a pretty consolidated space. You hear big ag get referred to a lot. And one of the concerns from advocates is, are we giving money to these companies that don't need this kind of money to make these changes? And there's a concern out there that there's not going to be good enough data to ensure that all of this money that the USDA is giving out is flowing directly to the hands of the farmer on the ground who's changing practices, seeing benefits for his own operation. Another reason why they're skeptical is there are some advocates out there and researchers who say some of these premises for mass carbon decrease are a little bit dubious. This is still a very new science. We're still learning a lot about it. USDA is still learning a lot about it. And so is everyone out in the field. So there's a lot of unknowns. Are we spending this money in a responsible way? Are we giving it to the right people? And is it actually going to affect climate change in a positive way? Also, on Tuesday, the U.S. Energy Information Administration raises its U.S. oil production forecast for this year and next. EIA predicted output would reach record levels for both years as high energy prices keeps drilling activity humming. The increases in oil production will likely keep the U.S. as the world's number one crude oil producer, ahead of Saudi Arabia and Russia. Together, the three countries produce about one-third of oil in the world. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. 
Chevron knows developing and deploying carbon capture and storage is a critical step in helping make progress towards global net zero, which is why we're targeting 25 million tons of CO2 per year in storage and offsets by the end of the decade. That's energy in progress. Visit chevron.com slash carbon capture.